Welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. We're going to continue down the Culture Key series that we've been on. We only have one, we have this week and one more, and then we are done. In two weeks, I'm sorry, yeah, in two weeks, Stacy's going to teach. And then Vision Sunday, and then Stacy's going to teach again. So Mama Stacy bringing the word. Um, it's going to be great. So I have uh, this culture key, and then one more. And the, the next one is going to be heart-to-heart communication. All of this stuff we're talking about, if we can't communicate effectively, we're not going to have a healthy culture. No culture is healthy without healthy communication. I think heart-to-heart communication is like a 25-sermon series. But I'm going to try to condense it down into 40 minutes and make it somewhat palpable. So that is going to be good. But today, we're going to cover the culture key that is to be yourself. Everyone say that when they say, be yourself. Be yourself. This is potentially the most simple message that I've ever given up here. And I try to simplify my messages. I really do. Um, But this one is, is so simple. And it really is just to learn how to be yourself. It's learning how to love yourself and be fully you, and let all of you come out into the community. So the strength of a community is not based on how well can everyone conform. It's based on how we celebrate individuality. It's not based on how, everyone, how we can make everyone look alike. It's based on how we can honor each other in our differences. And so if you've grown up in the church, or if you're just been a Christian a long time, what you'll find sometimes if we're not careful is we try, we try to start get people to conform to something. We are uncomfortable when people are not like us. We are uncomfortable when things are a little bit outside the box. If you don't look like me, then I don't know what to do with it, so I just won't have you in my life. It's a very common thing that happens, and we don't want that. The, the truth is, is that we should be people who love one another in the midst of our differences because we're unique, because we're, we're all made in his image, we all have his DNA, we all carry something very special that um, each of us carry that another person doesn't carry. God made us in his image. And so we all have a very unique characteristic of his image. And I don't want to miss out on that because you're trying to be somebody else. I don't want you to miss out on the strength of my life because I'm hiding or I'm trying to be someone else, or I'm just not fully myself. I want you to have all of me, and I want to have all of you. I want to know who you are, what makes up your DNA, and where you are in your journey, and then I can love you in that place because you're fully who you are. So Jesus died for many reasons, and one of them was to protect us. See, Jesus died to protect our free will. It is for freedom he set us free. When Jesus died for us, he was covering us so that we would be fully ourselves. Jesus didn't die so he could have a bunch of robots. Jesus died so you could be fully you and experience you, and we need that. Amen? We can't afford to have a cookie-cutter life. We need to be people that enjoy the differences of who we are. One of my concerns with creating these culture keys and the core values 
is that people would think, oh no, now we have to conform to a certain way. Or, oh no, now there's these rules or structure around Cedar House. I would view that very differently. I think the kingdom of God is very different. My desire is to equip people to supply tools for their tool belt so that they can go out and be fully them. It's not, don't be you, come do all these things. It's, hey, take these tools with you and go out and be fully you. Maximize you 100% of the time. Jesus equated us to being salt. Salt adds flavor. So there's a flavor that you add that society needs. There's a flavor that you add that this community needs. And it's very unique, and it should be expressed in a unique way. So you, you can take these tools and use them to better your life, but I'm not asking that you conform to something. And like the video said, a lot of times that's messy. You know, everyone comes from a different background. Everyone has different parents. Everyone has a different financial situation and emotional, emotional situation. And community is messy. Amen? Yeah. Community takes a lot. You do not stumble into great community. I believe that's impossible, actually. I don't think it's possible to have great community without intentionality. And the strength of our community is, man, you're so different than me, but we have this bond, and it's so beautiful. We have a bond that is so much past us being the exact same. So my encouragement for you today is to be yourself. You don't have to perform. You don't have to show off. You don't have to try to be someone else. Just be you. Amen? Awesome. I'm going to give four short little keys that I think are important to learning how to love yourself. Y'all doing okay today? It's not that hot. Actually worked out pretty good. Yay, God. Awesome. These will be relatively quick because I want to do some worship stuff as well. How awesome is the worship team? Man. So good. So, so good. Okay. Um, So the first of the four keys I want to cover, the first one is to learn how to love yourself. I'm going to read you Mark 12, verses 28 through 30. Okay. Uh, One of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus responded, The most important hero, Israel, is the Lord our God. The Lord is one. He's saying body of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Lord is one. And he's saying, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and your mind. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. This is Jesus telling us first to love him with all of our heart. And then second is to love your neighbor as yourself. If you, for some of you, what I'm about to say might sound a little blasphemous, um, and I don't mean it to, and it's not. If you, um, I can only love you to the measurement in which I love myself. This is 100% true. You can love your neighbor as yourself. If you do not love yourself, you will always not love your neighbor to the full potential. When I don't love myself, I will control, I will manipulate, I will hide, I will isolate, I will try to be somebody else. I can never fully love you. I can never actually love my children or my wife if I don't actually love myself. For me, Stacy didn't even know 
uh, we didn't talk before a little time of prayer. I used to have self-hatred. Now, at the time, I wouldn't have called it self-hatred, but I realized that I actually did hate things about myself, and I just thought that was normal. I thought I just didn't like certain things about my personality, so on and so forth. But I've been in this journey with God where he's showing me that he loves me. He loves all of my little issues, all the stuff that I want to work on. He loves me, all of them. And we can fall into this self-hatred thing so easily because um, we, 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 we look at our problems. And God is asking, God is trying to connect with us in a way to show us how much he loves us and how much through that place we love ourselves. Do you know that God really loves you? And he really likes you a lot. And he's trying to teach us how, how we can love ourselves. So I can only love you to the measurement in which I can only love you with the measurement of how much I love myself. Amen? And I'm, I'm, I'm proof of that. I know that that's true. I've walked through that. The more I love myself, the more I can love other people. I'm not talking about being arrogant. I'm not talking about building our own kingdoms at all. I'm talking about knowing who I am, falling in love with who God has called me to be, and from that place of strength, then I can love you. I can pull from the well of the love that God has for me, and I can love you with it. All right? This is what God is taking us to. Okay, you deserve good things. This is part of loving yourself. You deserve good things. Everyone say this. I deserve good things. Um, in the school of ministry, how many of you, is, is it hard for anyone to hear that? Uh, to say to yourself, hey, I actually deserve really good things. You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want. How many of you grew up thinking that maybe you don't deserve good things because you're a Christian? Cool. Um, in the school of ministry that we do, which is fantastic, um, not this week, but almost every single week, I pick out one person, and everyone gets a prophetic word for that person. And on the following Wednesday, they come and they prophesy over that one person. And I make that one person stand right here. And 13 people go around and give a prophetic word, just honoring and adoring the human standing here. And I do that because you cannot, it, 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 you have to learn how to accept good things. It is appropriate for you to get a prophetic word and someone to honor you and you just sit there and accept it. It, it is not uh, humility to act like that's not true. You deserve good things. God wants to give us good things. Again, I'm walking this thin line here. I think Eliana in my heart. I deserve for people to honor me up here. It takes identity to take that in a healthy place and know to not let it go to my head. But to know this is appropriate. Honor is appropriate because I deserve good things. Amen? All right. For, for some of us, um, if you're like me, in this concept of learning to love yourself, I would encourage you to change your story. This is what I mean about that. I've had things happen to me in my life that I've sat on and I've created an anchor, or in Soza they call it an altar, I've created an altar that has really adjusted who I am. I've, um, I've allowed things from my childhood, whether actual things that went wrong or certain beliefs, really dig at me. And I've always held it in the sense of, well, this is never going to happen because those things happen. 
and what God is rewriting our history, saying, that thing may have happened, but I work all things for the betterment of those who love me. So instead of me dwelling on what hasn't happened, I changed the story to say, man, God is going to use this for so much good. Amen? Listen, if you've got constant thoughts in your head of these terrible things happened to me and now I, I can't get through them, change the story. Change the story of, man, I can't wait to see how God's going to redeem that. I can't wait to see how the Holy Spirit's going to use that. This week, I do have a podcast coming out soon. Um, different. My goal is to create a platform for people to share good, for leaders in the community to share good, and I'm going to share it with the public. And this week, I had Vicki and Jensi on the podcast, and it's, those are coming out soon. You should be excited about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Vicky, Vicky runs a children's home, which is amazing, and Jensi is a actress, and both of them had really cool stories. Both of them had things that happened to them that they took, turned around, and now are serving people with what happened. That's a, that's a concept of changing the story. I will not let what happened dictate my life. I'm going to change the story and use that for fruit in my life. Okay, why is that so important? When something bad happens and you change the story and you see it from God's perspective, you can love yourself. When things happen and you don't see it that way, self-hatred comes. Amen? All right. Learning to love yourself. I can only love you to the measurement which I love myself. All right? Number two, creativity. God is the ultimate creator. You are, you are created to create. You are formed to form. God created everything, and he has a unique expression of creativity in each one of us. Now, I used to think creativity just was for the musicians or artists or dancers. Now, obviously, it includes that. But uh, what God has been showing me, which I think is more of the message for today, is that you know I actually am creative. I have always put myself out of the creative box. And God's been showing me, you create a sermon every week. You've created a church. You've created a culture. Now, God threw me. I'm not taking credit for all that. I'm saying God is, I'm dreaming with God, and I'm creating what he has for me. That's creative. It doesn't mean that I, I don't, I'm not going to draw something, but it's a form of creativity. How you do your job, how you schedule yourself. I'm creative with how I parent. You with me? God, I'm, I'm encouraging you to be more creative. Create, express yourself. Listen, wear what you want to wear. Dress how you want to dress. Oh gosh, I just opened up a well. I have so many thoughts on this, but I think you should be intentional about what you wear. Please understand me. I th that's a huge subject that I can't go into. I think you should be in very intentional about what you wear. But be intentional about being creative with what you wear. If you want to wear hot pink pants and you're aware they're hot pink pants, wear the hot pink pants. If they're polka dot funky pants, wear them. That's great. Are you being you when you do it? Are you loving yourself and it's coming from a place of identity? Then do that. Express yourselves in the ways that you want to express yourself. Not everyone's, we don't have to conform to one another in that area. Your internal world showing your external world, and I'm I'm encouraging us to be more creative. Creative's happy. You know what? Everyone's a creative. Running a business. 
creative, running a nonprofit, creative, going to school. You were created to create. Okay, number three. Love this one. Double down on your strengths. Um, this is a big one for me. Find what God has highlighted to you. Find the favor that God has placed on your life and go all in on that. This, this is, you, you can spend so much time worried about what's not happening or what you're not. I would encourage you, find what you're good at and double down on that. Go all in on your strengths. Listen, this is what I mean. If you're great at math, don't have anxiety about why, why you're not good at science. If you're really good at sales, don't worry that you're not great at accounting. Find what you're good at and sit on that and learn to love yourself through that place. Don't highlight all of your weaknesses. Highlight your strengths. What are you good at? And sit on that. This is, I'm, I'm 100% correct on this. I'm telling you, this is right. When you find what you're good at, Sit on it and go for it. Don't, don't worry about what you're not. Focus on what you are. And as you focus on what you are, you learn to love yourself and you become more of yourself. Look, for me, I, uh, I hid in the baggage for 20 years trying to not do a church. I'm just being honest with you. I ran from it forever. And last year, probably in November, decided, all right, it's time. I need to, if I'm going to do this, I got to do this. Like, am I going to do it or am I not going to do it? I can't keep. I can't keep being on the fence. I've got to go all in on this. I've got to double down on my strength. The amount of rest, my life has gotten actually more crazy, but the amount of rest and peace that has come from it is tremendous because I'm me. This is so funny. I used to be nervous to tell people I was a pastor. Now I love it. I don't. It just. I just decided this is what I'm doing. I just doubled down on what God has called me to do. Amen? Don't focus on what you're not. Focus on what you are. And I want to know what you are. I don't want to know what you're not. I don't want to know what you, what's on the fringes. I want what you, the community needs what you are. Amen? All right. And the final point, finding the gold in others. All right. It, is, it takes no talent to see what someone is not good at or see the negatives in people's lives and sit on that. Anyone can do that. It takes intentionality and effort to find what people are good at and highlight it and hold them accountable to that and see them through that lens. There are people in my life, there's people in this room that I have seen the lowest points in their life, I mean the grossest stuff, and I've seen the best stuff that's come out of them. And it's my decision I can look at them for what they're not and the worst in their life, or I can look at them for how great they are. One of the best compliments that I've ever gotten is, man, you seem to see the best in people. I'm like, man, I've tr- I, was not, I wasn't like that at 20 years old, I promise. You can train yourself into honoring and seeing the good on people's lives. See, when I see the good on your life, then I can focus on what's right or what's good and love that thing. And when you're not acting like that thing, I can still hold you to that standard. I don't need to sit on what you're not. I can highlight what you are in my mind. Amen? Finding the golden people is a really, really big deal. Finding what someone's good at, finding their passion, and, and, and seeing them through that lens. Here's a biblical example. Okay. Peter. 
Peter, God told him he was going to, Jesus told him he was going to be the rock of the church. Peter denied Jesus three times to a teenage girl. This is Peter. This is the man. And he denied Jesus basically to his face three times. I mean, we're talking, this isn't like Peter's like drinking too much on the weekend. We're talking about denying Jesus. I mean, this is extreme. This is extreme. Imagine watching this. This is the guy who he's called to lead us. And this guy is like a little child weeping in the corner saying, I don't know Jesus out of fear. That is a ama- I mean, drastic shift. Jesus comes out of the grave. First thing he says to Mary is, where's Peter? He said, get the disciples and Peter. Where's Peter? He goes and gets Peter, and he reestablishes Peter. Jesus, Jesus decided, Peter, I am going to look at you as the rock of the church. I saw what you did four days ago, and I'm not going to hold you to that, Peter, because, Peter, this is who I see you are. This is you, Peter. I'm going to sit on the gold on you, Peter. I'm not going to sit on what you're not. Listen, if you've been married, if you've got close friends, you've seen the worst in people, and you've seen their best. Jesus is modeling for us how to find the gold and highlight the gold. If Jesus would have sat on what Peter was not, he wouldn't have been the lead apostle. He wouldn't have books in the Bible. He wouldn't have been able to address the crowd when the Holy Spirit fell. That guy. And he wouldn't have, been, he wouldn't have done that if people didn't call him up to who he's supposed to be. Finding the gold in people. Amen? Okay. Um, will you guys be yourself with me? That's it. Simple, simple, simple. You need to be yourself, but you can only be, your, you've got to learn how to love yourself to be yourself. All right? We're, we, we do not want a culture where we're controlling each other. We want a culture where people are free to be themselves and we love each other and expressing ourselves and expressing God in unique ways. Amen?